Welcome to the Undaunted Brotherhood podcast, a ministry of FPC of Paris, where we will be discussing not only what it is to be a man, but to be a godly man in this 21st century. I'm your host, Pastor Chad McQueen. Hey guys, welcome back to the Undaunted Brotherhood. In this episode, we'll be continuing our conversation with Ron White. Um, if you didn't get to listen to the first half, go back and listen to the last episode and you'll hear it. Uh, this will be a continuation of it to get it finished up. With that being said, here we go. Uh, what's one thing that you would tell a man that is just starting on his journey with God? That's a good question. I would say if he's just starting on his journey in ministry, be patient, be faithful, stay prayed up, and allow yourself to work in areas where you typically would not want to work. If it's scrubbing the toilet and that's where the ministry starts, if you can be faithful to scrub on the toilet, eventually you could be faithful to do greater things. Yeah. Don't try to force it. Just allow yourself to be used of God where you can be used and don't covet things where you see other men being used of God before you and think that, you're not going to be used in that capacity because we don't know that only God knows that, but it's the truth. But at the end of the day, God's looking to see the faithfulness of a man. And so what does the Bible say above all being found faithful? Yeah. God wants to find you faithful. So if you're faithful over a few things, he'll make you ruler over many things. And so, um, whatever you can find your hands to do in the church, whatever, wherever you can help, wherever you can be, in assistance, whether it be um, whether it be uh, um, pastor calls them armor bearers, being the young man that when the pastor gets done preaching, you take his Bible and his notebook and you take it back to his office for him and things like that, and uh, or sword bearer, not armor bearer, sword bearer, and uh, things of that nature. Just help with the things maybe you don't have a lot of skill in, but uh, it don't take much to mop a floor. It don't take much to vacuum a carpet. Absolutely. Um, it don't take much to mow a yard. Um, serve it, where you see a need. To serve where you see a need is at. And if there's any question about what needs to be done, go to the pastor yeah. and ask them, what can I do? Because there's always something that can be done. Always something and that's, that can be that's done. And that's not just talking about manual labor things to be done either, but there's... There's always a Bible study that needs to be taught. There's always door knocking that needs to be done or some form of outreach. There's there's always something that can be done for the kingdom of God that's not getting done. Well, I've seen, I've, I've seen, I've, I, well, I've heard and I've also read an article. Um, I don't know the source uh, per se where it came from, but it, basically the gist of it was that 20% of ministry is from behind the pulpit. The other 80% are the things that you do everywhere else, everywhere else. Yeah. And so that's one thing. If you're a young minister starting out to understand just because you see a preacher behind the pulpit and he's preaching the word of God and he's being blessed with opportunities, he's doing this and he's doing that. That doesn't mean that that's where he started at. That doesn't mean that, that just all of a sudden that, you know, the Lord blessed him with the gift of being able to speak. He's got a silver tongue and, um, he's a master orator. There was there were some private things that took place that had to progress to get him to that point in time. And so um, there was a lot of prayer involved, a lot of study involved, 
a lot of doing things that you probably didn't want to do to make it to that point. And so it's not always about the stuff that's done inside the pulpit. If you're just looking to get in the pulpit, if you're looking for a platform to propagate your own ministry, that's when you need to stop and really examine yourself. But if you have a genuine burden and desire for ministry and you feel like you're called to preach, uh, whatever, evangelize or what have you, if you'll start in the small things, yeah. if you'll smart in, start in your local church, teaching a Sunday school class, helping out with the kids department, helping helping just, just I, I, I remember when I started out, uh, aside from cleaning the toilets in the bathroom, when I felt first felt the call to ministry in my life, um, I would help out with the, the, the little kids Sunday school class at the church that I attended and keeping the little kids attention is kind of hard. Uh, so I kind of had to being an introvert, I had to think outside the box and I had to, to use my imagination to kind of bring some Bible stories to life and do some different things and, um, really just put myself out there and I had to get out of your comfort zone for sure. Absolutely. And what I found in the process of it is that trying to figure out how God will get me to a pulpit. I found the love at that point in time for teaching kids and, and just kind of cutting up with them and letting them be able to be exposed and get an understanding of some of the simple Bible stories that you, that you read about in the word of God. And, and uh, um, just to see a smile on their face. I remember we did a Sunday school lesson about Abraham's sacrifice. Or not, excuse me, not Abraham's sacrifice. It was Cain and Abel's sacrifice, how the one offered offered his sheep and the other one offered fruits and vegetables, the things from the field. You know, God, God asked for a blood sacrifice. That was something that was passed down, had to be passed down to Cain and Abel, both because they saw their, their daddy doing it. Yeah. So there was already a process at that point put in place to get a hold to God. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I can understand that, but how can I break that down for my kids in my Sunday school class to understand that? And so, um, you know, we had, we built a little, a little altar and we got some of those little plush stuffed animals and stuff. And then we got, we bought some fruits and some vegetables. And, you know, we talked about how God honored Abel's sacrifice. He didn't honor Cain's sacrifice. And um, the whole point in a nutshell was offering the right sacrifice to God. Yeah, It was amazing, and it really touched my heart to see that when it was all said and done, we would give the kids, one would get a lamb, a little stuffed plushed animal, one would get a stalk of celery, another one would get a carrot or tomato. That kid did not like that stalk of celery. They did. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's the beauty of it, because the kids that got the vegetables were like, no, we don't want that, because that's not the right sacrifice. Absolutely. That's not the right sacrifice. That's not what God wants. And and so um, we want the plush animals. And so they started fighting over the plush animals. And, of course, we go down a rabbit trail there that uh, <laughs> that, gets, that gets pretty funny. But um, but it was just it's things like that. Yeah. Things like that. The, just starting out in some of those small things, you can find some of the best joy. And in the process of it, you don't realize it, but God's preparing you for something bigger. Absolutely. I mean, that may be a Bible story to them right now. But it won't be long that God will have something expounded from that in your mind. It'll be wrote down on a piece of paper, and you'll be preaching a word to the congregation. You got to trust yep. the process. Trust the process. Yeah. What would you say, just uh, backing up a little bit further, uh, for someone that's just coming to church, like a, a new convert, what would you say, hey, these are two or three things that if I was in your shoes, this is what I would do. 
you know what I'm saying? If if it's get close to your man of God, if it, you know, obviously be faithful, you know, just something that you would offer to them and say, hey, these are, th- these are two or three things that I would just give you advice to say, if you don't do nothing else, get a hold of these and this will start you on your journey. I would say uh, there's a lot of things that can be said about that. But I would say the number one thing to me in, in that whole list would be be at church every time the doors are open. Amen. Be at church every opportunity that you get. And secondly, from that, make yourself available. Make yourself available. Don't come and and and, and be a, a pew warmer. Don't yeah. come and and be a statue. Contribute some way. Contribute. To the- contribute in worship. Contribute in prayer. And then I I would say uh, on top of that, read your Bible on a daily basis. Because sometimes, sometimes you may not be guaranteed to get that Bible study from a new converts class. And, and, and we go through, we have new converts class and what have you, but um, don't let that be the only time that you open up your Bible during new convert class or when you're getting the word on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, or Wednesdays. Read the Bible at home. Yeah. And if it's something hard, read it more than once. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, they have tools out there to help people to read their Bible. Of course, I'm one of those guys. I'm probably one of the only guys that out there right now. I'm just being as honest as I can possibly be. And, um, um, any, any judgment that comes back from that ever, the Bible says we can righteously judge. Uh, that's, that's scriptural, but, um, I've never been able to read it all the way through in one swoop. Um, but what I have done, I've, I've, I've read chapters I've skipped over and I've went back and forth and uh, I've read the books out of order, uh, things of that nature. Um, and I really, I really don't know why, uh, but um, um, for whatever reason, it seems to be something like that that works for me. But, I, but it's just a matter of getting in, finding the time, even if it's just 15, 20 minutes a day, get some Bible time in and you'll better yourself through the process of, of becoming a new convert to eventually becoming a seasoned saint. Yeah. Amen. All right, so let's move on to the next question. Uh, what steps do you take to maintain your daily walk with God? Prayer. I start my day out with prayer every time I get up in the morning. Uh, my prayer room is my truck. There you go. My prayer room is my truck. I got about a 20, 25-minute drive to get into work in the morning, and that's where... I try to get a hold to God for my day. I pray for my family. I pray for our home. I pray for our church. Somehow, I, I try to get it all in when that in that period of time because once I get into work, it's going to be hard to get any prayer in. Um, sometimes I'll extend that out and I'll sit out in the parking lot and I'll pray a little bit, then take a deep breath, and uh, then I'll walk into the job and everything. But uh, starting off my day with prayer is one thing. And then I would say the rest of it is just trying to remember that what I'm doing where I'm at is not necessarily who I am um, because we're called to something greater than where we are and what we're doing. And it's not about the money. It's not about the making overtime. Of course, I don't, I don't make overtime anymore. Uh, but uh, there was a time where, where I did do all that kind of stuff, but um, I wouldn't let overtime sway me into missing out on church and, and things of that nature. Matter of fact, the Lord, uh, the favor of God has allowed me through the years to be able to line my schedule up to where I'm always available to be at church. 
unless something happens. And if I'm not able to be at church, it's a rare occasion, um, in which case I make that phone call to pastor and he's very understanding of those things. But just, just remembering that the daily grind of what I'm doing is, 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 is it's almost, it's the, it's the labor you're doing while you're in Egypt, but it's not who you are. You're not an Egyptian. You're, you're we're in this God's world, people. but we're not of this world. That's exactly right. And so, um, that, and then I would say doing the very best I can, um, as I said in the very beginning to, to lead my family, uh, to heaven, uh, to get my boys closer to God. And, uh, ultimately somewhere along the way, if there's somebody that can see my light shining at work and I can be a witness to them somehow in some way. And, and this is in a blue collar environment as well. I mean, I hear profanities on a daily basis. Um, I hear obscenities, things that, that I've just got to, I've just got to bite my tongue and I got to let it go in one ear out the ear, one ear out the other due to my position. Um, but at the end of the day, when your boss comes up to you and he drops an obscenity and he stops himself and he says, Oh, I'm sorry. I said that. Uh, I, I know you're, 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 you're a preacher. You're, you're a man of God. And I apologize for that. And then he says one that one way or another, because of this relationship, you're going to make me a better person. Yeah. Um, even in small things like that, for them to know who I am and I, and to know that they're not like me and I'm not like them and they know that I report to a higher calling than the project manager, at the end of the day, if somebody is led to Christ through that, if there's a witness, they may I may not ever do anything else. It may just be me there and somewhere along the way, they may end up coming in contact with somebody else. I'm, you know, they ask me what I do outside of church. I tell them I'm an apostolic Pentecostal preacher. Um, you know, and matter of fact, we want to invite you to come to church on Sunday. Yeah. And I've done that before. I've got the eyebrow raised. I've got little smirks and snickers and, you know, stuff like that. But, um, they know who I am and I know who I am. And so I don't allow those things to, to, to get blurred in my life. And uh, I'm just praying that somehow in the process of all of that, that somebody will, will end up being led to Christ. Amen. Amen. As men, we all experience low times. First Samuel 30 and 6 states that David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. When you are experiencing a low time, name at least one song you sing or listen to, one scripture you read or recite, or a previous blessing that you relive in your mind that kind of just how you encourage yourself, basically. What, what is it that, what is it you use? And well, um, honestly, it's, it's not a song that I sing. It's not a song that really comes to mind. I, I love listening to worship music. Um, but unless it just really hits me, uh, a certain way, uh, like it did this morning in this morning's worship service. Now that, um, I told my wife, I don't always start tearing up well enough, but for whatever reason, the worship songs y'all were singing this morning just, just touched my heart and, uh, I can't, I couldn't help but start bawling and crying and, uh, just feeling the Lord, but I couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint a specific song. Um, and I really couldn't pinpoint a specific scripture, but what I could go back and lean on and what I typically do to encourage myself is to take a deep breath, close my eyes, and just think back to where I used to be. Think back to where I used to be and how I used to have it. And then 
think again to myself, look how far you've come. Yeah. And look what God has done to allow you to be where you are right now. And there, there's other examples in our church. There are people that, that, that don't perhaps are not able perhaps to do as, to be able to do as well as we have. And, and that's not necessarily a monetary thing when it, or as, as it relates to money or, or wealth or finances. I, 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 um, I'm not as broke as Job's turkey, but we've had hard times in our life and, and we're a little bit better now than what we were because of the favor of God. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that's just the bottom line on that. But I think about what it could be if I wasn't faithful, what it could be if I wasn't given, what, it, what the situation and circumstance could be like if I didn't have a prayer closet and if I didn't have a pastor and I didn't have a church who loved me. Because there are people out there that that face the same situations I do every day, but they can't handle it that same way because they don't have a walk with God. They don't have a prayer life. They don't have those things, haven't been exposed to those type of things. And so I I I have to I have to sometimes take a deep breath. I gotta cool myself down if I'm anxious or if I'm angry, or I'm just ready to throw myself in the towel. Throw throw my not throw myself into the towel. <laughs> throw the towel in. I'm picking up what you're putting down, brother. I'm picking it up. Yeah, there you go. And uh, but uh, um, it's one of those things to where I just look back. Remember the pit from whence you were digged, is what the Bible tells us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I believe that it's okay to look back because oftentimes, uh, contrary to what some people believe, some people believe you shouldn't look back. Don't look back. You just keep your eyes focused forward. But there are some people, even though they look back, that doesn't mean that they're ready to go back. Yeah. They look back because it keeps them going forward. Yeah. Encourages them to keep moving forward. See where they come from. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, uh, this, I'm going to jump in front of Travis again, but just because you brought up music, or we just talking about music, what kind of music are you, uh, Southern Gospel, choirs, praise and worship? I like a little bit of it all. I like a little all. bit of it all. Um, I'll be honest with you, um, with the exception of some of the newer praise and worship choruses, um, I don't care for all of it. Um, I'm one of those kind of guys, if you go back to the 90s, and and, and, and my wife is going to hate me for this because she knows, she, she worked in a, in a Christian bookstore, she knows music. I mean, she calls some of these musicians by their name like she knows them personally. And uh, and, and matter of fact, yeah, she's met uh, uh, artists like Stephen Curtis Chapman. Um, she's met uh, the, the group from Avalon mm-hmm. or what have you. That was the uh, first concert I ever went to was an Avalon concert. Yeah, and so, uh, man, I, I, I used to like me. A matter of fact, I still, you know, we bought a new car. Well, it's not new anymore. 2018, I bought my wife a new car. And I asked the guy, I said, hey, man, where's the CD player at? <laughs> he said, sir, CD players are outdated. They don't make them like They're that anymore. They're on the shelf next to the 8-track yeah. player, sir. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, what is going on here? And so... Um, I invested uh, all this money. <laughs> Can't even listen to my There jam. used to be, if you remember, uh, contemporary Christian music, they used to have... Um, I, I'm the generic guy. Whatever was played on the radio was basically what they called WOW CDs. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so they had the WOW, wow worship. worship. WOW praise. Yep. Right. And then they had the kind for the for the folks that liked a little bit of rock mixed in with it, a little bit of DC talk, 
um, or jars of clay or whatever it was. And so, um, uh, I'm, I'm exposing myself right now. He, my pastor's at home <laughs> shaking his head. I was going to say, um, yeah. you know, and so, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I used to listen to a little bit of that. I love some FFH. I, I, I told my wife and, and she's like, why do you even want to say something like that? You know, it, I, I told her, I said at, at my funeral, if God tarries and I end up passing away by way of the dust at my funeral, I want you to play that song that FFH sang called One of These Days. You know, one of these days I'm going to uh, see the hands that took the nails for me. One of these days. Um, oh, man, I done forgot the words now. What is, uh, pardon my ignorance, I'm looking it up right now, but what is FFH? They it, it, That was uh, short for Far From Home is what their group Far was. From Home, okay. Far From Home. I figured it was an acronym, but Far From Home. Yeah, and so um, that was one of my favorite. I loved that. I love some of the Avalon songs. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've actually requested Pastor to sing a couple of them uh, before at church. And, did he uh, take you up on that request? He did. He took well. me up on it. And he sang it well too. Yeah, he sings everything. Don't well. ever let him don't ever let him get get you into that pity party that he don't sing good and uh, you know, don't ever ever let him think that uh, you know, oh man, they've heard us so much here, they don't like us to sing anymore. That's not true. No, not at all. <laughs> no, they all, all they we love to hear them sing and so um, that's I, like Brother Mike Wilson saying, well, if I can play this, you know, of course you can play it. You're Mike Wilson. There's nothing that you can't play, you know, on the piano. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and so now I, now I'm, I'm really going to tell on myself right now, but, uh, you know, um, I do like me a little bit of Michael W. Smith. I like some Michael W. Smith. I, I can't, I got to hold my nose to sing like him, uh, but uh, <laughs> whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know uh, some of the stuff that he's done, um, I, I I just liked it, um, and uh, that's that's kind of where I like the 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 generation of music that I'm in, and so I do I will say I do love me some Jeremy Camp. Yeah, I like Jeremy Camp. I don't know why, but I like it because I, I he he's kind of praising worship. A little bit of uh, rock and roll. I mean, he's I'm got not, a, he's got a slight edge to yeah, him. Yeah, he's a got bit. a little edge. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dead here. You know, I yeah. like a little bit of beat. You know, yeah. And uh, um, so, um, I like a little bit of it all. Now, I like, I like some southern gospel. I, I like, I like a little bit of Gaither every once in a while. Um, great getting up morning. Mm-hmm. I like that song. And I'm like, man, if I could ever, if I could ever, you know, they got uh, Brother Wembley. They have the what is it? The Heritage Trio is what yeah, they do. The, yeah, the quartet or trio. Yeah, I would love to hear them get down on some great getting up morning, they like like it. the Gaither vocal band from back in the day did. That, I, just, I just like the song, you know. Um, I'm a I'm a fan of I, I I listen to all music, but my favorite is still just Southern gospel music, like country gospel music. That's I think it's I think I said it in the last podcast we did. We had a guest, but. It's just kind of what I cut my teeth on, you know. Yeah. When I come to the church, I, I moved in with my grandparents. You know, they were they were older, and that was the music of that day, you know. And and like we just that's all that they played their cassette tapes and tuned it into the radio station, and that's just what we listened to. And I just there's just something about that music. I mean, I I I like a lot of the newer songs, like the songs we do here today. But if I can just listen to some good old Southern gospel music. Like Absolutely. you were spouting off those page numbers out of the hymnal the other day. I probably got myself in trouble were, and cut you, some people I, off. I, no, you were good. You were good. I was like, Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Then he started actually naming what the songs was like. My boy's legit. Oh. My boy. <laughs> Somebody said, "Man, he done went. He done went to meddling now." And, and uh, uh, it was it was good stuff. I, uh, I I'm a lover of all music though, but my my favorite my favorite music is Brother Wimberly told him to put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> that was Brother Wimberly coming out of that Ron White, but. Hey, that's okay. It's, if something's going to come out of you, it'd be a good man to follow after. So, Amen. Uh, is it my turn to ask a question or no. yours? Uh, do you read? Do I read? Well, I can read. You hey, can that's, read. That's a place to start. <laughs> I can read. Um, do I read a lot at this moment? Honestly, uh, with my schedule and, and, and what have you, I just, I can read. But I have not made the time to do a lot of reading. Um, my wife actually does more reading than 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 I do, uh, and it's a it sometimes it's a shame. Um, I've got on my nightstand right now. I've got about two or three books I haven't even begun to to, to finish. I I get into reading a couple chapters into it, and then I get taken away out of it and, and into something else, and and it it it, it is set. So uh, I do read. I can read. Um, but I'm a little bit rusty on it right now. And so that's one of those things I've really got to motivate myself, um, to, to pick myself. Now, what I, what I, what I, what I do outside of just reading books or what have you, I do read articles. I like reading articles. You know, there, there's everyone, I'm always looking for articles, um, on the internet somehow that will help translate somehow um, spiritually or be able to be incorporated in a message or what have you. So I'm always looking out for stuff like that. Um, Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. If there's one book that I could probably get into and read is if I could get a hold of a Paul Harvey book because I used to love listening to him on the on the AM station. It was a storytelling machine, wasn't it? Man, I love that guy. Have you heard the one um, um, about if, if I were Satan? I think I have heard that. Yeah, man. If you go back and listen to that and apply it to today, today yes, I have heard that. I have heard that. Man, what a comparison! Um, stuff like that. So we should link that. Try to link that if we can do that on our description. Yeah, I'll have to find it and listen to it because uh, it's it's it's. it's bef- I don't know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's out there. You can. We're old. Yeah. We're old. <laughs> you can YouTube it. It's on there. Is it on and YouTube? It's got, it's got him speaking. You can YouTube it. It's there. What was uh, that? What was the name of what you said? It's it's if Paul I were, Harvey. If I were Satan. If I were Satan. If I were Satan. Yeah, that is that is a that is a good listen. Uh, well, since uh, I guess we won't ask you for t- your three must reads that you would recommend. Or yeah, I was going to lead or? into that. The King but, uh, James. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, the English Standard. <laughs> uh, the Living Bible. What's yeah. your thoughts on the message? No, just, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have we to don't share that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you don't have to share that. Uh, moving on to the next question, just uh, trying to trying to move on here. Uh, what was the moment or the circumstances in your life when or where you decided that I'm going to give my all to serving and living for God? Like when you made up your mind and said, this is it, I'm not turning back. Yeah, you kind of kind of uh, talked about it a little bit while ago, but... What actually happened in that time? I mean, well, I was the basically I I come from I came from a small church in small town Texas, and uh, I was the only young person in my youth group. I got the Holy Ghost at age fifteen, but um, I I was still in in the public school system, and so 
for me, it was a matter of being the only guy trying to make a stand and live for God. And uh, there's not a day that goes by that I, I wish I could go back and rearrange and do that all over again because I feel like I could have been a better witness to my friends and been more of an influence instead of being influenced by them at certain times. And so uh, that that is truly a battle for young men too, to mm-hmm. to weigh out the be the influence instead of be the one that's influenced. Absolutely. You know, I, I've got two boys, one in high school, one in junior high right now. And uh, boys are boys, you know, they're young, yeah. they're impressionable. And uh, I'm thankful right now that their uncle Travis is like, because it's coming from an outside source. It's not their dad preaching at him, but he's like pushing them, boys, read your Bible. Come on, I'm going to read it with you. You know, they're challenging right. them to do daily reading and answer questions and stuff like that because I feel like, and I know I'm stealing your question, but we'll get back to it in a second, but I feel like <laughs> we okay. need to pump as much of God, godly character, yes, sir. Uh, doctrine. Just We need these boys at a young age to be strong. That way they, when the, when the, when the temptation of the world comes in, because it's going to come in. We're we're all yeah. red blooded men right now. We 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 know that temptation comes to a man Absolutely. around every corner, if not sooner. But we need to prepare our young men on ways to how to handle that. Because you know, my boys, yes, they're they're faithful to church and they're boys, and I'm not saying they're perfect by no means. I'd never say that, but I got good boys. But even good boys stumble and fall. Absolutely. And when they get spending too much time with this, I, I wrote some notes on my iPad today while you were preaching, uh, and I, I, I just the Lord just started, just kind of that's how He works with me. Just I was just writing some questions, and I said, I put on here, I said it's not time to lose my witness, and this is something I was thinking about talking to some some men or some the ministry here at the church. What, but I said it's not time to lose my witness. People are watching. I was telling myself, you are leading. Don't allow the ones that God has entrusted you to lead to pull you in the wrong direction. Right. That's something that happens often. Yep. You Absolutely. know, those ones that you're trying to influence, you're spending so much time around them. And if you're not prayed up and, and read up and studied up, and if you don't have no firm foundation under you, that's right. You know, the old saying, if you lay down with dogs, you're going to get fleas. That's right. You know, they'll pull you in the wrong direction. Uh, the, the I put the on, on this paper here the 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 old saying give the devil an inch and he'll take a mile, take a mile. you know and that's that's just give him a toehold he'll take a foothold that's exactly right and you know we need to figure out some way and again I'm sorry again for just jumping on here but as young men I wish that I did better as a young man and I mean which I didn't come to the Lord until I was 15 16 years old but I mean even then. I struggled with things. I lived in the pastor's home and struggled with things. I did yep. things I wasn't supposed to do. I did things that would made, you know, that should have kicked me off the platform of the church and should have done this and that. And I should have had to sit down for six months or a year, but I didn't necessarily always get caught, but I, I battled with those things. Right. And had I been stronger or had I had something more in me, I feel like I could have combated that a little bit more than what I did. Right. You know, instead of just rolling over and taking I'm just going to give into this temptation, you right. know? And so I, uh, I think we as men, and of course, trying to be godly men in the 21st century, we need to figure out a way to instill some things into our young men so they're not influenced, but that they're influencing. That's right. And well, you know, I mean, so, so for me, it was, it was a daily struggle of, of going to school. You know, I got the Holy ghost right before I entered into high school. 
And uh, at that point in time, it, I was wanting at that point in time to 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 live for God, and 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 I was on the football team. Um, at that point, I, I I I just felt that I needed to let that go. Nobody necessarily asked me to do it. I just, for whatever reason, I felt like I needed to let that go, and 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 um, I ultimately I got involved in in some other extra extracurricular activities, UIL. I did a lot of writing stuff in school. I did a lot of uh, journalism stuff, uh, which I guess has helped me a lot in my sermon preparation, but that's another subject. Uh, but the biggest struggle I had was just letting my light shine before people that knew what kind of church I went to, knew what I believed, and openly called me their friend, but they laughed at me about it. And um, I tried inviting them to church, and I just... It's, it, it's just, it just they, they wouldn't come yeah and it discouraged me and and uh, of course then there's the influence of when you get get with your friends at school you know at you know away from mom and away from dad there are conversations that come up there are things that are had because like you said you're young men and um, you're 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 physically stimulated by certain things that you're seeing your hormones are are, are developing and things are taking place that you don't even uh, can't even figure out what's going on. I'm, I, I'm, I am, I am right now on pins and needles because my son is getting ready. My oldest boy, he's, he's got about another year before it starts doing the same thing. And I'm thinking to myself, I've got to, I've got to do my best right now to get enough of the word in him, get enough of God in him, uh, love for God, the things of God that some of the things that I struggled with when I was in school never happens to him. Absolutely. And um, I had problems uh, with faithfulness by virtue of my friends. Um, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. Um, but there were fleshly things that I dealt with. And I carried with me for a long time, all the way up until I graduated from high school. There were some things that I regret. Yeah. Uh, there, was some, there, there was some hurts. And where I, my, my family, uh, I hurt my family at one point in time. And, uh, it was one of those things to where it almost took me to the place when I graduated high school and I was on my way to college. Um, I didn't know anybody. I, 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 my friends are going to different colleges, doing different things. And so the people that were there with me that I could just hang out with and I knew I had that safe net, um, they're no longer there anymore. And so now I'm on my own. I'm only about an hour, hour and a half away from my family but I'm trying to be independent, trying to be my own man and uh, prove to the world I can be somebody, right? Make, make that transition from a boy to a man. Right. But I've, I, I learned real quick that a life without God in it is not much of a life at all. Amen. And um, I had a, there, was a, there was a man um, who I consider, still consider to be my best friend. Uh, we don't speak often anymore, um, but... Um, I was working in a place where my boss knew a guy that went to this church in Nacogdoches. Um, um, they were operating out of a storefront building and uh, what have you. And and this man um, found out about me, and he and, and she the the boss lady told him that hey he's he's a Pentecostal young man and he's by himself. He doesn't have anybody and um, what have you. And um, um, I was just trying to find myself, trying to find what is it, you know, what is it that I'm supposed to do with my life? What is it that I'm supposed to do with myself? 
And, uh, you know, the man, you know, he stood in a in a long line with a pack of bubble gum and he waited in line for 30, 45 minutes just to invite me to church. And, um, of course, you know, I gave him the almost noncommittal answer. Yeah, I'll try to make it, you know. And so ultimately I, I did make it and I did go and they didn't let me out the door um, I, as I tried to sneak out and and uh, they fellowshipped me. They loved me. I started going to church for a while, just being like I said a while ago, just being a part of the church, being a part of the service, just trying to be active and do whatever I can. One thing led to another. It just, I just started feeling a call of God on my life. I prayed back through there. I prayed back through there in that period of time. It'd been a while since I'd spoken tongues. It's been a while since I really felt, felt the hand of God on my life. I, uh, in the course of, of going and being a part, I just, just really felt felt like there was something more that I could do for the kingdom than what I was doing, but I couldn't figure out how to get there. And I would say during that particular season and time, that's when I really said, you know what, I'm going to live for God. I, and and I'll, I'll say too, it, I wanted to live for God because I didn't want to go to hell. Yeah, I believed in God enough to know that there's a real God and there's a, there's a real heaven, there's a real hell. And hell's not a place I want to go to. Amen. And even though I struggled in my in in my flesh with certain things and uh, what have you, I did my very best, even in that process, to have a repentive heart and um, even make myself accountable to my friend at one point and let him know on a personal level, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. I, I struggle yeah. with this. I don't. And I told him I don't want to. I don't want to burden you down or make you feel uncomfortable but i'm just letting you know i i'm i'm i covet your prayers and and i want to live for god and i want to do something for god's kingdom and and um by virtue of that eventually being a part of what god was doing working in the sunday school class uh doing some praise singing on the platform cleaning the church just being a part of things it got to the place to where it is almost like God just started taking things that I was struggling with away. Um, and um, um, I don't necessarily know how it all took place, but it's just like it was there one moment and then it wasn't. And so I was real self. I've always been real self-conscious. Even then people make fun of me when I get angry or upset. Uh, we have little by words and, you know, and stuff like that, that, that sometimes, you know, they, they, you know, might as well go as a cuss word or, uh, or what have you, a slang for some of that. There were times where I get real mad and it would be, you know, cussing mad. And before I could say a cuss word, it's just like my mouth would, would just lock up yeah. and it would stop. And I had friends that were saying, go ahead and say it, say it. It's all right. What are you doing? Not saying it. You're a grown man. And I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I don't want to be that kind of man. Yeah. That's not the and, man I'm uh, trying to be. It was like, it was like God putting on the brakes before I, I said something I shouldn't say. And I'd get convicted and, and, uh, the, immediately what I would, I'd find a place to go to by myself and I'd ask God to forgive me. I, I don't, I can't tell you how many times that I laid beside my bed, bed as a single man at night. And I just, and I just, would bawl and cry and, and ask God to forgive me and just say, God, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to die lost. Yeah. I want to live for God. I want to make heaven one day. And um, somehow by virtue of all of that and the transitions that took place 
in life, in ministry, and moving down to humble where I'm at now, and all of those things. Um, I, I I still have struggles. I still have struggles. I don't have struggles like I did back then at all. Yeah. Um. I I mean I don't have an issue in my flesh, like I like I did as a young man that was single. Um. I don't have issues with cursing and cussing, uh, things like that. It's just it's just like the more I got involved in the work of God, and the more that I saw that God was desirous to use me and to be a part of His kingdom. I guess I guess like you said about about putting as much as you can into our young people, putting as much as you can into them before they get to that age where, where those things happen. I guess it was a point where I didn't even realize it, but people were putting things in me at that point in time. And the more that was put into me, eventually the other stuff is going to come out. It pushes it out. Yep. There's only so much room. So, so I would say, I would say would have been, that would have been somewhere in between 2001 and 2005 when I moved down this direction, that's where all that transitioning took place in that five-year span. All right. Um, a minute ago, you said mentions mentioned you had some regrets when you were younger. A lot of time, people have uh, trouble forgiving themselves for the things that they've done in the past uh, that God's already forgiven them for. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to a man that's having an issue giving, giving something like that up? Know that we're not perfect. There's not one of us that's perfect. Um, all men have fallen short of the glory of God and have sinned. That's the Bible. You can't get past that. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, when it comes to, to, to those that struggle with past failure, um, past sin, um, David said, my sin is ever before me. David committed a sin of adultery um, with another man's wife and... At the end of the day, when the weeping and the crying and the repenting was done, he had to get up from the altar and he had to go out and lead a lead a people, lead the people of God. That doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that your past will ever completely go away. But I guess it ties into some questions uh, a while ago that was that we were talking about when you look back to your past. You see where you were and where you are now. Um, yeah, what you did was real, but you got to understand that all of that, if you've truly repented over it and you believe that God's forgiven you over those things, number one, you're not going to want to do them again. Right. Um, but on the same token, you got to understand that it's under the blood mm -hmm. and the only two people that can bring it to your attention now is yourself or the devil. Because God, as far as God's concerned, he's not bringing that back up to you. He's not, he's not going to bring back past sins up uh, to you. It's, it's under the blood. It's, he's casted it as far as the east is from the west into yeah. the sea of forgetfulness. God's forgot about it. But because we are in this, this, this fallible mortal body uh, that has this sin nature to it, there are things that we've done in our past, things that we have failed over, things that we have sinned over, that have been long repented over. But because we are in this mortal state right now, we're always going to have some memory of it. Um, there are things in my past that, that, that certain little questions or maybe certain little events, um, maybe just driving down the road, you see a certain specific place and um, 
it brings that, floods it back to your memory. You immediately think, if I could just go back, I, I, I could have done that different. I didn't have to be that way. Yeah. And uh, But I've got to understand, I've got to come to the knowledge, that's who I was. That's not who I am anymore. I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I'm going to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. Amen. And so um, I would just say um, to, to, to give yourself a little slack in those things. Uh, now, if it, like I said, if it's a real sin issue and you're, you're continually visiting the old haunts of the past, then you, got, you need to find an altar. You need to pray. And uh, you, need to, you need to counsel with the man of God um, and, and, and what have you. But if it's, if it's something, a matter of the past that's been repented over um, and uh, you've done everything that you could do, then the only thing you can do is just know that God's forgiven you and move forward and go from there. Amen. Well, we're, uh, we, we've, we've got a pretty lengthy podcast here, but I want to I ask one more question and just closing. Unless, do you have any more you want to ask? No, no. You okay, just... I want to ask one more, and then we'll just close this out. And again, I want to say I appreciate I appreciate you taking the time to do this with us because it's been it's been great, a lot of great information, and uh, we look forward to sharing it. But if I could ask you one thing, what is the greatest lesson that you've learned from your pastor, the man of God in your life? Mm. Wow, the greatest thing that I've learned from my man of God is to be faithful even when you don't want to be faithful. Amen. Be faithful when you don't want to be faithful. Sometimes it's not a matter of necessarily doing anything. Sometimes it's a matter of just being there. And being there lets people know that you care. You care for their souls. You care for their well-being. And... um, um that's just one thing among among many things, but I, I've learned so much from from my man of God over the years. Uh, patience. Um, I've learned to, to keep my mouth shut um, when I need to keep my mouth shut. It's not an easy lesson to learn. To hold my peace. Absolutely, <laughs> it's it's not an easy lesson. I, I, you know, I still struggle with that sometimes. I yeah. sometimes I just want to you know that I just want to pop off a little bit. Um, but I've, in different situations, not to the man of God, <laughs> but uh, uh, in different situations for and sure. circumstances. And I've learned sometimes you got to be still and know that he's God. But I, I would say being faithful, being faithful above all else uh, would be one of the greatest lessons that I've learned. Amen. Amen. Well, man, uh, I'm again, I'm so thankful that you took the time to do this with us tonight. And uh, we look forward to, to sharing this with folks. Uh, I want to say that we, your family and you have been a tremendous blessing to us this weekend. Like I said, I man, I wish we'd have had time to sit down and do this before we've known each other for years and just, I've just thoroughly enjoyed our, our time together. Uh, but, uh, I want you to know that we're praying for y'all praying for Thank first you. apostolic church of humble, uh, believing God to continue revival. I know you guys are seeing growth there and we're excited uh, about that. Uh, we're, uh, we're thankful for the nickname of Three Meat. Is that what it was? Three? <laughs> triple Meat. Triple oh, meat. Triple, triple Meat. meat. Yeah. yeah, we're thankful for that little uh, bit of advice or knowledge there that we'll be able to use at a later date. Uh, but on the real, though, we thank you for you and your family being with us. And uh, you've been a tremendous blessing to us as our church. And uh, I know that this will be a blessing to the men that are able to hear this. 
Thank you for taking your time. Uh, guys, thank you for joining in with us. Thank you for, this is uh, another podcast that we've done for you to become a man, but not only a man, but a godly man in the 21st century. An undaunted man. An undaunted man, yes. Undaunted. Not to be confused with undaunted, <laughs> but undaunted. Uh, either way, I got myself mixed up on how to say it now. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks for joining us. Share this with your friends, your families, uh, all the guys you know, you guys you work with, the guys you go to school with. Uh, take time and listen to this. I think it can be a blessing to you in your life. We thank you for joining us. Travis, do you have anything to say before we go? Uh, don't forget to share us and throw them five stars on five us. stars like. and reviews. Yeah, five stars Help and us reviews. Out. All right. Thank you very much. Peace, love, and chicken grease.